Hey folks, we're back here. I'm at the Alaska Permanent Fund Corporation building, which is really nice inside with Angela Rodell, the the, dire- the, the executive dire- CEO. CEO. Big title. It is a big title. This um this is very European in here. The openness, the conference rooms. The, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's very. Um, I've had people go. It's very Google like in here. Yeah, too. it's just really kind of. I just like it a lot in here. You guys are. Yeah, it's helping us in our recruiting efforts. You guys said you came in under budget or on budget on your recent... We think we will, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's not completely closed out yet, but so far, so good. So what was it before? Was it kind of just more like um, office building-like? or? Yeah, originally the space had been built out in 1982 when the corporation was created, and we, um, the everybody had... Uh, stand-up offices, you know, with walls and doors and built-in furniture, and so it didn't allow itself to expand very easily because with built-in furniture, you couldn't double people up, and it created a lot of silos, and it was hard to mm-hmm. know who was here on any given day sometimes. And it sounds like so, the uh, investment vibe. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to talk about you, and then we'll go into the Permanent Fund Corporation. I got to say, I actually went to the wrong building across the street. That's why I'm five minutes late, which is the federal building. Yeah. And they gave me like the full pat down surge, belt off, shoes off. And I'm like, man, you guys are really guarding the money. And then I'm like, oh, there's Trump and Pence on the wall. Maybe <laughs> I'm in the wrong place. And then I go to the third floor and it was like Bureau of Indian Affairs. And then I go back down and I said, I'm looking for the permanent fund corporation. And the guy's like, are you looking for a dividend or what do you, you want a dividend? I go, no, I'm looking for. And then he's like, oh, no, that's across the street. So yeah, here yeah. we are. That's great. That's great. You got to see the federal building. I, I finally I've never saw even it. been in that building. That's my, I've been here four months, and that's my. And I live at the Driftwood there, so I'm close by. Yeah. See, the Coast Guard is in that building. There's, There's a lot, a lot of that. people in that building. Then I went back down. I was looking at the, um, the you know, the guide for the, all the floors, and I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a federal building. Yeah. So here yeah. I am. Uh, so you, Welcome. let's talk. Let's talk about you first. Uh, we met on the airplane there last couple of weeks ago. Flying back from Anchorage. We were sitting next to it. Like there was a guy in between us, and we were yeah. chatting. Yeah. Um, so you came here, you were an investment banker, right? I was an investment banker. I was in the muni market, a muni market. That's like the wall street type stuff. Yeah. Wow. So you were like, you were there. How long were you doing that for? Uh, I was doing that from 1996 to 2011. So 15 years. So you were there, you were there during the whole financial crisis. I was there during 9-11. I was there during the financial crisis uh, through New York's uh, big recovery. Yeah. Oh my, it was a you, great time to be in New York City. Where were you at 9-11? I was actually uh, outside the city. I was I was up in Boston and drove back that day and spent the night in New Jersey and was able to get back into Manhattan the next day, which is a testament to um, everybody in New York City, first responders, uh, MTA New Jersey Transit, uh-huh. getting all that reopened to get people back home. Um, but yeah, it was pretty pretty traumatic, to say the least. Wow. So you're from the East Coast? or No, I was actually born and raised in Wisconsin. Wow. Went to Marquette University in Milwaukee and then worked my way east. My parents are from Chicago, north of Chicago, Waukegan. Yeah. So yeah. not too far from Wisconsin. I think there's a lot of Midwesterners up, up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you... Got into banking, and then you did that for, how long you said? 90? 15 years. So how'd you get to, because the first time I heard of you, you were commissioner of revenue, right? Yeah, so when I went to work in New York, um, 
They had as a client Alaska Housing Finance Corporation. Dan, Dan Fowski. Dan Fowski. I got stories about him. That's right. That's right. And my first trip to Alaska was in December of 1996, and I'll never forget it because we took an 8 p.m. flight out of Minneapolis on Northwest Airlines, if anybody remembers that airline. I remember, I remember Northwest. Before Delta bought them. Mm-hmm. And uh, flew up to Anchorage, and the northern lights were out as we were coming up over to Anchorage about an hour before landing. Probably a sign. It was spectacular. It was the most amazing sight I had ever seen, and I fell in love with Alaska right then and there. But yeah, so I've been doing um, I've been doing a lot of work for Alaska up until 2011, and uh, whether it's the municipality of Anchorage or Alaska Housing or even Alaska Student Loan. And um, so when I got a call in 2011 asking if I'd be interested in being the Deputy Commissioner of Revenue uh, for Brian Butcher, I jumped at the chance. It was an opportunity to do something different, and I was ready to leave New York City, and here I'm, I am. I'm just, I'm just guessing, but that was probably a pay cut, right? Because it's a lot different with the salaries and yeah, versus... Yeah, it was, a hu- it was, a, it was a, even a bigger pay cut than I expected, Um just because there's there's no when you come into a partially exempt position from the private sector, there is no negotiation of salary. You get a specific, mm-hmm. and here I was trying to negotiate a salary, and yeah, there was no negotiation. Because you've probably done that in your whole career, right? That's kind of yeah. how it works. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you, but you just said I'm I'm doing it. Yeah, I was like, how how bad can it be? You know, Governor Parnell has three more years in in office till you know through twenty fourteen. I'll do this for three years, and then I'll figure out what I want to do next. It'll be fun. And then in twenty thirteen, Governor Parnell asked me to be his Commissioner of Revenue when Brian moved over to be Executive Director of Alaska Housing, and Dan Fowski moved over to be Executive Director of AGDC. So that's sort of how the musical chairs played out on that front. So it worked out well. It did work out well. Did you know Dan pretty well? I knew Dan very well. He had been my client for years and years and years. Like, I know his son DJ, but I have a story I always tell where I filed to run for office in 2012 and I was like young and no one knew me. And some people you call him to like talk to him and they're like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. But Dan met with me. We had um, breakfast at the Lucky, or lunch at the Lucky Wishbone. Yeah. And yeah. it was 2011 or 2012. And I was with a buddy of mine and he like, knew who he was because he's kind of like prolific known person and um, Alaska. So we were um, having lunch and then it was like middle of winter. It was really cold. It was like winter, just 2011, 2012. And he's like, hold on. I was like, I gotta, I gotta take a break. I'll be right back. And it's like really cold. And he just goes outside and like lights up a smoke and just has a cigarette. <laughs> and he comes back. Where were we? You know? <laughs> I don't think Dan ever met a stranger. And I remember hanging out with him at the Detroit airport, headed outside to have a smoke, as you say, because that was Dan. And we met people from the North Slope standing outside so that he knew from from his days up there so it never mattered it seemed where we were in the traveling um we would always find somebody that mr fowski knew and that's um it's one of the great things about dan he was larger than life guy i really absolutely absolutely so you were the commissioner and then at some point you came to the permanent was that under governor walker or was that yeah, yeah. So, you know, as happens when a governor loses his reelection bid, the commissioners all walk, you know, don't stick around uh, for the most part uh, either. And so um, we, 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 when we, Governor Walker was elected, um, I was done as commissioner of revenue. So I spent some time trying to figure out if I wanted to, where I wanted to move, what I wanted to do. And I really wanted to figure out a way to stay in Alaska. Um, 
unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, it's one of those um, silver lining sad stories, but the executive director, Mike Burns, of the Permanent Fund Corporation um, became quite ill and passed away in 2015. I remember that. And um, so the job became available and there was a search conducted by the board and fortunately I was given the nod. So, so I started in October of 2015. So for the Permanent Fund Corporation, the board hires the CEO. Correct. So yeah. it's not a political appointment or... No, no. And that's the idea of trying to keep um, the Permanent Fund Corporation and the investment activities on apolitical, uh, keep the politics out of out of this place and just have a very straightforward mandate. We manage the investments um, entrust, entrusted to us. It's so quite simple. Let's talk a bit about the history um, of the corporation. So the, the oil got going and there was money. And then yeah, yeah. So, you know, the first deposit into the, the permanent fund got created by the voters in 1976. First deposit came in in 1977 in February. It was $734,000 which is seems an amazingly tiny, tiny amount of money. Even with today. inflation adjustment, it's still yeah. not <laughs> exactly. Much. Um, and that money was managed by the Department of Revenue, actually. So the Department of Revenue invested that money. Um, they bought treasury bonds uh, with with that money. You know, rates were really high at the time. And then in 1980. Uh, they created the Alaska Permanent Fund Corporation to move that fund, the management of that fund, outside of the Department of Revenue. And I think it really was to sort of create some independence around the permanent fund. Who created the legislature? The legislature, yeah, were created in statute. Okay. Yeah, and it was signed signed into law. And um, here we are today, 39 years later, probably getting ready next year to celebrate 40 years of existence. You guys throwing like a big party? I think we should, don't you? I do, and I, I would love to. Come. I can actually MC it, or I can help plan it. <laughs> I'll, I'll charge very low fee. Uh, actually, if I'm invited and I can MC it, I'm going to waive the fee. Oh, thank you, so thank you, Jeff. That's Appreciate of, that. It's, it's called value, right? That's right. Got, that's right. It's not just the cost; it's the value. That's right. Exactly. So I'm, I'm exactly. Willing to help out with that. Uh, so the corporation was created, and then it became kind of a. It's it's kind of a it's its own standalone entity, right? I mean, there's no really. Yeah, so it's important to note that when we were created, the idea was that um, Legislative Budget and Audit Committee would have oversight. It's a bicameral um, standing committee. LBNA. Right? That's a, LBNA. One, a lot of people don't know about, but very um, a lot of authority they have. They do have a committee. lot of authority. And so they have oversight of, of the Permanent Fund Corporation. Um, and our budget is submitted to the governor. The Board of Trustees submits a budget to the governor to be included in the governor's budget submittal, goes through the legislative process, and so each year we wait on on um, a budget like the other departments and the other the other entities in the state. Uh, so right now, you know, we're waiting to see if we have a budget July 1st. So it's kind of like quasi-private, I guess. It is. It is. It's. I think it's referred to as a quasi-public agency. So the, uh, the governor, uh, I'm pretty sure the governor picks the trustees or no? The governor does pick the trustees. So we have a board of six trustees, which is kind of unusual because it's not an odd number. Yeah, I was going right? to say, what if it's a tie? So you have to have uh, an affirmative vote of four because the quorum is four people by statute. Um, so there can't, if there's a tie, it loses. Okay. 
Um, no tiebreaker. You should be the tiebreaker. <laughs> He'd like me. <laughs> yeah, but since I serve at the pleasure of the uh, board of trustees, that might get awkward that could, at that, times. That, that could go bad quickly. That, that could go bad. Um, four of the members are members of the public appointed by the governor. They're on staggered terms. So each public member serves a four-year term. And each year we have a term come up. So on June 30th, uh, trustee Carl Brady's term will expire and we'll wait to see if the governor will reappoint him or appoint a new trustee. And then the other two trustees are members of the governor's cabinet. One must be the commissioner of revenue. So we have Commissioner Tangeman on our board now. And then Governor Dunleavy appointed uh, Commissioner Feige to the board as well. Oh, cool. I like her a lot. I've known her. I used to work in the resource industry, so. Yeah, yeah. So, So we have a great board. The other three public members are Marty Rutherford, uh, Craig Richards uh, serves as the chair, and Bill Moran from Ketchikan. Yeah, Craig was in town a few weeks. Was there a meeting a couple weeks ago, or I saw him? Uh, no, no. I, um, there, our board meeting is coming up next week, so okay. he'll be back. I saw him, and I said, oh, hey, Craig Richards, what's up? Uh, so is there any re- requirements for the trustee? Like, do you have to have financial background? Do you have to have some investment yeah. experience? or? The trustees um, are required to have a finance or business background, um, and we do a lot of work to help um, promote educational opportunities for the trustees so that they can get up to speed with some of the things that we're doing. Because as you might imagine, what we invest in um, is quite broad and quite diverse, and so they may not have experience with particular asset classes so it's important to be able to give them an opportunity to learn and train about those and when you have trustees like um, Bill Moran and Carl Brady who have served oh you know plus 12 years um, independently each of them I mean I think Carl's been on the board since 1994 Um, so a tremendous amount of historical knowledge as to how we've got to this place and you know, over the years, we used to have a legislative list that in statute, it would tell us what we could and could not invest in. And in 2005, six timeframe, the, they, they repealed that statute and just said, act as a prudent investor. Isn't there, uh, if I recall hearing, or maybe this is like a um, unwritten policy, but you guys don't invest like in Alaska, right? Is that something you, like Alaskan projects or Alaskan businesses? Yeah, so the statute is quite, um, clear on this front, we can invest in Alaska so long as it's solely for financial commercial reasons and we can earn a return as good or better than what we would get outside of Alaska. So it has, it keeps the bar quite high and we have just not found the opportunities. The board did pass last fall an initiative, a mandate to try and find more Alaska opportunities for investment. And that is probably to be cautious about, you know, you don't want to be giving people you know kind of investments or money because it could kind of murky the waters about yeah, the permanent funds role, corporations right. role. There has been concern over the years that investment decisions would look political or would be directed based on some relationship. And and so you you do want to avoid that. But you also want to make sure you're not missing out on some really good, interesting opportunities so it's nice to have the ability to invest in alaska if we see something that really makes sense for the guys ever looking looking in the media blog world i know a guy that i can be in touch with (laughs) great investment opportunity there (laughs) thanks (laughs) um so 
with the corporation. So, what would you? How many people? How many people work here actually? We have about fifty-five people uh, that work here. Everyone, um, we everyone's have some in vacancy. Jun- everyone is in Juno. Yep, yep. We don't have any offices anywhere in Alaska, but Juno. Nowhere else in the world. Nowhere else in the United States. Just here. So we do it all from right here, which is amazing. But technology today. And the things that we can do that we haven't been able to do in the past is fantastic. The conference and the whole world, you know, people in yeah. many countries and big, yeah. big screens. It's great. Yeah, Skype. exactly. Exactly. It's awesome. So the, the kind of what we've been hearing lately is there's a 65 billion. Is that kind of the number? Yeah, I think 65 billion is a is a good number. I think it's important to note that, you know, 40 billion is in the principle of the fund it's the the unspendable portion you know the part that has been saved and is constitutionally protected and you know one of the things Jeff that I think is so cool about this is I told you about that $734,000 deposit royalties have come to 16 billion over the years we've appropriated over the years the state has appropriated back in to preserve the purchasing power of that 16 billion another 16 billion as inflation as inflation proofing and then on top of that, there have been special appropriations over the years when there have either been excess general funds or earnings reserve, and they've put in another $7.2 billion on top of that. So that's how we get to the $40, $40 billion. And that $40 billion has spun off earnings to the tune of $27 billion in dividends. Did you know that? $27 billion? Since the dividend program was created, we have put back into the state of Alaska $27 billion over the last 40 years crazy right I wouldn't that's and that's on top of that 20 billion of appropriations I told you was coming in because you have to earn that inflation proofing money right and those special appropriations coming back in so this little idea or really big idea has generated a tremendous amount of activity and wealth for the state of Alaska and it's it's awesome I think and I was uh, talking earlier um I forgot your name oh my gosh Pauline, yeah, about um, the permanent fund corporations kind of known around the world from investment yeah. uh, industry as this kind of thing that people all know about. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, we have um, a really good reputation. It's something we take seriously and we want to uphold because when you are viewed in that light as someone they want to do business with, the amount of good deals and investment opportunities that come your way um, just get better and better. And so it sort of feeds upon itself. But we are um, we are viewed as a leader in many areas um, around the world. And it's the diversity of the staff. It's the diversity of the investments. It's the returns we've been able to make and the things we've been able to do. And so we are really proud of that reputation and take it very seriously. And there's been some studies. I've read a couple of them. People, I mean, people have studied this permanent fund uh, idea. Yeah, yeah. In, you know, academic uh, institutions or uh, other kind of articles have been written for other countries have looked at it as a way to maybe do something with yeah. their resources. I think there's a lot of interest as we look forward. And you think about permanent fund and, and preserving something that is available for intergenerational equality equality and benefit. And so no matter what, what it is or how you get to it, more and more governments are looking at ways that they either can create development funds, budget stabilization funds, 
sovereign wealth funds to do whatever they feel that they need to do. But we've seen such a rise in these funds. I think there were 30 countries that had funds um, 10 years ago, and it's up to over 90 countries today have tried to create. Some of them are quite tiny, as you might imagine, and some of them are ginormous. So the, the one we hear about a lot is a Norwegian, Nor- Norway yeah. sovereign wealth fund. That's, yeah. that's like a trillion dollars, right? It is. It so is. is that similar? I mean, is that similar to ours in the way it's kind of they get their oil revenues and it goes into a fund and yeah, yeah. They they did establish theirs with uh, royalty um, with a with a oil and gas basis. Um, they they never got rid of their other tax bases though, and so their fund just it, it continues to grow. Um, they don't pay and d- dividends. Right? They do not pay dividends. No. They also no. have quite a high income income tax on the higher margins, or yeah, and I and I honestly don't know what they use their fund for on any. I've always wondered. I mean, it's like I think they said if you work it out, I'm pretty sure per Nor- per Norwegian citizen, it's like a million dollars a piece when you work it out, divide it out per person. Yeah, it's and crazy. they only have um, they only have a public market mandate. In other words, they they can't invest in a lot of private market asset classes. So I think I heard a statistic. They own like 1.8% of every stock traded on the New York Stock Exchange right wow. now. Yeah. It's a small percentage, but a huge number. Yeah. When you look at it. <laughs> uh, so what are some of the things I've heard? And I'm just, this is what I've heard before. I feel like there's some things you guys own, like malls or what are some of the yeah. things Permanent Fund owns? So we have real estate um, around the world. We own, we actually own a mall in Spain, malls in Portugal, malls in London. Yeah, we own 50% of a mall in Washington, D.C. at Tyson's Corner. What's like the, what's the cool? We own something in Chicago. What's the coolest or maybe kind of oddest like thing that's like, oh, we own that. Is that anything stand out? Well, to me, it's always been when when we see some of these tech startups go public and we can talk about the fact that we own them once they go public, whether it's Lyft or Snap or all of those Snapchat? things. Snapchat, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. They were involved in that? We were involved and in Lyft? that. And Lyft? And Lyft, yeah. Yeah. So wow. stuff like that is really I didn't fun. know that. I know. To me, that's more, for me, that's more interesting than the malls. The malls are great because they're tangible. You can you can walk out and you can walk through them and you can see them. But to me, some of these technologies and how they are on our phones. Um, I, use, I use Lyft here in Juneau. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. It's nice to know there's Lyft drivers there in is. Juneau. It seems like Lyft is more popular here than Uber. I don't know why, but Lyft seems to be the one. Maybe it's, you know. Not maybe, a coincidence, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know. What were you saying about Chicago? You were going to interrupt. Oh, you. we have a. If you've ever been to Nordstrom's in Chicago, that's mm-hmm. that's a permanent fund property. Wow. So Spain and Port. So do you ever, have you been to these places? Do you ever go I there? I have. I have. It's good to to make sure that what we're hearing from the property managers is for real. That you go and you expect inspect do due diligence on these properties. Now, and, now is is this like a, a scheduled deal or is this like a secret shopper kind of? You just roll in and kind of check it out. No, usually I do. I, for me, I schedule it. I don't. I don't just. I don't roll in. If you ever need like a secret shopper person, Alaskan person to yeah. go check out some st- investments, I'm definitely available for that too. Again, oh, thanks, Jeff. I'll waive the fee. Just airline tickets is all I'm really requiring. Okay, got it. I'm got available. It. That'd be that'd be great. I'd do a report. It'd be the whole thing. Okay, good to know. Uh, good to know. So earlier we were talking about the um, permanent fund corporation and the role you play. But in Alaska, a lot of people hear permanent fund, they think dividend. Yeah, yeah. And they don't maybe understand always the differences. 
Um, maybe talk a bit about that. And, and do you ever have people come here and to the building and say, hey, I'm looking for a dividend office or? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's um, a lot of confusion. Um, and I understand the confusion. I mean, we both have Alaska Permanent Fund in our name, right? the corporation versus the dividend and the dividend has always been managed and distributed and um, staffed by Department of Revenue and we're our mandate is is to generate as much income as we can for the state of Alaska so we do get a lot of people um, you probably saw the signs as you were coming in if you're looking for the dividend office you're in the wrong place you need to head over to the mm-hmm. state office mm-hmm. building that kind of thing um, and I think it's important um, in the you know in the discussion to sort of recognize how the dividend gets generated, and you know the legislature debates over the amount. Um, that's a change from the last three years. We don't weigh into that debate. There, our our purpose is not to determine how much money you get, Jeff. Our purpose is to generate as much money as possible. So and, and it ends there the once only, we've done that. The only connection to the permanent fund corporation and the dividend is there's a transfer, right, from the, the earnings reserve. There's an appropriation. Pro- appropriation. Yeah. From the reserve to the, um, I guess, was revenue? They cut the checks or? Yeah, yeah. So it goes over to the permanent, to the dividend fund within the Department of Revenue. Uh, Treasury Department of or Division of Treasury has, you know, they manage the general fund. They manage all these other funds on behalf of the state of Alaska. And there's a, a segregated fund called the dividend fund, I believe, and that's where the money gets deposited and is pulled out when you get a direct mm-hmm. deposit comes out of that account. So there's been some talk in the last few weeks about transferring some money from the earnings reserve to the corpus. Do you guys weigh in on that, or is that something that's legislature and the governor? No, that is the that is the legislature. We're not um, that earnings reserve account. By constitution, it's very clear: all income of the fund shall go to the general fund. The Supreme Court made its decision in 2017 that amounts in the earnings reserve account require an appropriation to be spent. It is there. It is the state of Alaska's to spend as they see fit in their job, and so they'll continue to have that debate Uh and um what we have encouraged where we come in on the debate is to create a set of rules which is why we were so um, pleased with the passage of sb26 a year ago on defining how much they want to spend out because from our perspective we have to invest that fund and to be able to do that you need to know how it's going to be used, what the plan is. And so we like to know what that did is it gave us certainty in terms of an investment horizon for a portion of that money, um, which is why following SB 26 is, is really important to us. 26. That's a percent of market value. That's the five. Yeah. The five and a quarter stepping down to 5% of the market value. And that's, that's uh, from the earn. And that's a draw from the earnings reserve account. And the question is, like you said earlier, the, the corpus is constitutionally protected, the earnings reserve is available for you know appropriation, um, and th- and that's the difference, and that's all part of the fund, right? Those two those two accounts or those two. Yeah, they're all ma- they're ass- we ca- we refer to them as assets under management because that earnings reserve account is permanent fund earnings, but the permanent fund the permanent fund is the forty billion dollars in the in the principal. 
that's the protected mm-hmm. assets. So what's the, uh, since inception, what's the return, overall return been? It's been, it's been about 8.9%. So you, that's beating the market. It, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's really interesting because since inception, I mean, that comes from a time where we could only invest in bonds, then we could only invest in bonds in U.S. stocks, uh, then we could invest in bonds, U.S. stocks, and U.S. real estate. So over the years, we've seen a big expansion globally um, and by asset class, but yeah, 8.9%. Not wow, bad. That's, that's great. Yeah. So when you uh, are at investment conferences, I assume, or you're talking to folks, maybe mm-hmm. people you know on Wall Street, and um, do you say, well, let's get permanent fund, do they always kind of know what that is? Is that pretty much a pretty well known? Yeah, I, um, I very rarely have to describe the um, permanent fund. Um, you know, the questions I get, you know, are, oh, is... Is that the fun that pays everybody to live in Alaska? <laughs> it's like that, you know that Simpsons movie when they get there? Have you seen that? Yeah, it's like, I have seen that. Welcome clip. to Alaska. Here's your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I go, yeah, kind of. It doesn't quite work that way. Yes, you have to live in Alaska, but you have to live in Alaska first. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize, even me, when I moved here in 04, I kind of knew kind of in the ether there was like some money. I didn't really, that wasn't why I came here, but I knew about it. I didn't know anything about it other than it was something. And then I get here, and I got here in August, and then I heard about it, and you know it's January to January. Yeah. So, so if you come on in December, you know, fifth or whatever, you're good. For but if you come on January eighth, it's like two years basically. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what happened to me too, right? I moved here in September 2011, so my first qualifying year was calendar year 2012. And you don't get that check until October of 2013. Right. And remember, those checks were like 800 or $900. I remember our, back in, I was still in college in 08. That was the, 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 that was the first mega PFD. That was when Palin bumped it 1200 oh. So we got 3200 bucks. everybody. It was like, whoo, you know, for a guy in college. <laughs> I was very excited about that. It was, it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I came, I was deputy commissioner. I was already, I think, commissioner of revenue by the time I got my first dividend check i was already commissioner of revenue i probably shouldn't admit to that but, but hopefully I think everybody will, will give all, me a pass on that yeah yeah you can you kind can of figure it out and uh yeah and i think that first check i got was like and i'm like huh okay yeah right on that's what i'm doing yeah and uh, you know that still had the 2008 you know crisis in it which is why those checks were that's so right yeah low. because it, the crisis hit and then the first year i guess it was third the first year after that five years, then that started bumping up. That's right. After they yeah. took out the, the, the hit. Yep. Yep. So last thing I want to ask is, um, who just, I mean, for smaller amounts, do you kind of make the choice, the decision or is like over a certain threshold? Who, yeah. Who decides kind of. So the board of trustees has an investment policy. Um, it dictates, you know, what our benchmark, what our performance benchmarks are. So how we're going to measure whether we're doing well, um, it has the asset classes. It has the allocation to asset classes. So, for example, it says that we'll invest 37% into public equities um, starting July 1st, 2019. So it's got all of that in it. And it does grant and delegate investment authority for individual investments up to 1% of the fund. Um, That's kind and of- then everything over that has to go to the board for investment approval. So for the under one percent, is that just you, or is that do you have a team of people? Yeah, you've... no. That well, it technically is delegated to me, but we've created an investment committees, and we review, and they 
include the chief risk officer, the chief investment officer, the chief financial officer, investment staff, um, and everybody has an opportunity to weigh in and 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 really have a robust discussion about the pluses and minuses of making an investment. Wow. Okay. Um, last question. You might not know this, but just curious. What's the is there a single largest uh, an asset or investment you guys own, or is does one come to mind like the the biggest one or no? I it's probably I, a ton of small tiny ones. Right? Yeah, you know, it might be, you know, for a while there was Juno Therapeutics, right? So um, Juno Therapeutics was a venture investment we made about five or, no, it's got to be more than that now, like six, seven years ago. And um, we put $189 million into it. It was a vet, it was a biomedical research idea in Seattle. It eventually went public. We made $1.8 billion oh on our sh- on our shares what? on that investment. And that's like and then like Juno Therapeutics was bought by Celgene here like a year ago. So you you know, you don't even see it traded anymore. It was like in and out over a five year period. Um You made like ten you made like ten times money on that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um our real estate is um obviously big big holdings, um, the market values of, of our individual real estate. Our largest uh, public stock holding today, because this is what I'm looking at, and this is all online, yeah, so you I can look at our the, stock holdings, is uh, today it happens to be Microsoft. Um, well, and good, we have a value of $283 million. That's a good um, one, Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because all these software companies, there's, there's, they're so dominating. So it's, you know, the top five, I guess you have to start with the letter A. So you have Microsoft, then you have Alphabet, which is Google, Apple, Alibaba, and Amazon. Oh, Alibaba. Oh, that's and a then, Chinese and deal, then, right? And then Tencent, which is also a Chinese deal, Chinese stock. Wow. And you, you were in China, you've been to China, right? I went, I went to China when I was commissioner of revenue. I haven't been back since oh, okay. I've come to this job, but I, 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 um, it's important that I get over there. Yeah. Hopefully I'll, I'll have an opportunity to get over there soon. So you guys made a billion, how much? One point eight billion roughly on on the 189 million investment yeah yeah Ooh. that's the fun thing about venture i mean somebody's like oh, we did really good there you know? yeah ven- ventures good ventures tough you lose nine times out of ten right on venture capital you lose you lose nine times out of ten it's a high risk high reward um investment strategy which is why we don't have very much in venture that's just an awesome i just that's awesome thanks Thanks. Yeah. Ten times. I, I should. I wish. Wish somebody would have told me about that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I was going to call you Commissioner um, Angela Rodell. I appreciate you doing this. This has been. I think my listeners are really going to enjoy this because it's um, something we all hear about every day, but we don't maybe always understand everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Great. It's been fun to do this, Jeff. Thanks for maybe the we'll, opportunity. Maybe we'll do another one sometime. Maybe we should do, even do a, like a video sometime. You could do a. Oh kind of, boy. You see our yeah. tour of the Capitol video we did? <laughs> no, I'll have to go look Check at that. Check it out. We did a tour of the Capitol, and it was it's actually really turned out really well. So. Oh, good. Good. Well, I'll send you a link. All right. Sounds All right. great. Thanks again, Angela, for this. And folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast with me, uh, let me know. I'm back in Anchorage here tomorrow night. I'm flying out, so special session will go on, and I'll be gone. There you go. All right, folks. uh, We'll talk to you next time. Thanks.